What is good? All of our listeners and viewers, welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And I finally won the free code Friday contest with uh, Major Nelson on Twitter. That was really cool. Uh, And I won it for your birthday. Yeah. Because two of the games are games you wanted to play. Yeah, two of them you you weren't, I mean, you're interested in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not very, you're not as into horror games It was actually for, for all of it because you really wanted to play Blair Witch. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to play Blair, Blair Witch. We both wanted to play, play Man of Medan. And then you want to play that other Wreckfest. stupid game. So it was like a perfect storm. It was. I got Blair Witch for you for your birthday, basically. Oh, okay. But yeah, I, I always enter it not knowing and i almost missed the mark like i got in like the last 10 minutes of the contest saying like okay here's my entry and then i got the dm from larry herb and i'm like oh oh my goodness and yeah like, he like freaked out he's like oh my god yeah i won <laughs> there was a lot of salty people on twitter salty like the sea it was very salty like the ocean like i just uh because uh because major nelson tags the winners in his little twitter mm-hmm. post uh, I got to see all the responses, and man, I'm just going to say this. You need to get over yourself, some of you who didn't win. Yeah. Uh, there's like some person saying that gets rigged, and only people who work at Microsoft get the witness. I was like, oops, I showed up to the wrong job on Monday, didn't I? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I don't know. Anytime I don't win, I just kind of say like, ah, oh, that's a bummer. There yeah. are, most of the people on the responses were just kind of like, Congratulations, yeah. but I'm a little jelly. That's fine. Yeah, but of like, course. there's some people. I was there's just like, people who are like super salty. Yeah, there's like a small percentage. I was like, yikes, dude, get a grip. But enough of that. Liz, how you doing? I'm doing good. Because we established that it's your birthday. Ooh, I'm 26 today. You're old. I am officially in my late 20s. And when you saying I'm old, you're older than me by I don't two think years. So. I think I'm younger than you by 20 years. I'm actually... That's illegal. I'm six years old. <laughs> well... Yeah. <laughs> but you're doing good. We have some plans for your birthday. Yep. Yeah. Going to go to the beach. Yeah. We're going to go to Michael's so yep. I can get crafting stuff with my birthday money. Yep. I am 26 years old. I still get birthday money and it's still claimed as mine. <laughs> right on. And then we're going to go to dinner. Yeah. And then we're having family over for the next week to celebrate some more. Yeah. But before we get to those birthday plans, we have a podcast to do, actually. Mm-hmm. And in this podcast, we have a special guest. You know, every time like we're going to go into top three gaming news, you hear top three gaming news. I can't do it like he does. We have the voice of the top three gaming news and also the E3 episodes. If you listen to the E3 episodes, this past one, all of the... Uh, Vocal transitions were from this guy. Mm-hmm. His name is Marcus Graves. We're going to talk about the state of Star Wars. We're going to be talking about all about Star Wars. Oh, we love Star Wars. So it's going to be a good episode. So definitely stick around for that. But before we get this started, let's go over all of our social media garbage. We got Twitter. You can tweet at us at Gaming Groceries or you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. So follow us individually, be friends with us there, and have a conversation with us. Be salty that I won the Free Code Friday contest. I don't really care, because I'm not going to answer you. Uh, also, follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word, where you can follow us for uh, gaming memes, updates about the podcast, question of the week. So definitely follow us on Instagram. And you can check out our website, gamesgroceries.com, where you can listen to all of the episodes, as well as find out where you can listen to the audio versions of the episodes from the website. 
And finally, please, if you are watching us on YouTube, consider subscribing, consider ringing that notification bell. And if you enjoyed this episode, give it a like, give it a share for someone who might enjoy it. And if you're listening to us on the audio version, like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, you can't listen to us from Podchaser, but still, uh, give us a rate and review. Give us your honest feedback so that we can say like, oh, people actually like us. Awesome. If you would like me to read your review on the podcast, just email me, contact at gamesgroceries.com, and I will read your thing, your review in this voice. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so enough of that garbage. Let's get into it. Here's his sound. This is what our guest sounds like in our first segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past week, and we like to condense it down to the top three. Rank it three, two, one, just to keep you informed about the games industry. We're going to go through this really quick because we're going to want to give more time to our guest today, who is, again, Marcus Graves. You just heard his voice. How do you like that? So let's just uh, <laughs> let's just start with it. I'm losing my train of thought, so let's go for the number three gaming news, which is the classic Disney games, Lion King and Aladdin, are getting remastered for all the consoles, including Switch. I think I heard it's also coming to PC. That's mm. awesome. Uh, and Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Now, this came as a leak from the GameStop.com uh, from Twitter user Wolverine Factor. And he tweeted it to Wario64, which Wario64 then uh, confirmed. So that was really, really cool. And uh, yeah, I, I think this is super exciting for a couple reasons. One, just for nostalgia's sake. Yes, I hate Disney. I hate Disney with a passion. Yes, I'm still purchasing Disney+. Plus, and yes, I'm still purchasing these games. Get off my case. I don't care. Anyways, so I don't know why I hate Disney so much. I really don't know why you hate it either. I just, I just you... do not like Disney. Anyways, you just don't like joy. I don't like joy. I'm a I'm a sad human being. But with these features, I actually like this game, though, because it was remembered as some insane difficulty. They were good games mm -hmm. all around. It can play these games in 1080p. Uh, you can apply filters to this. That's really cool. Uh, have like a fuzzy tube like uh, CRT nice. uh, TV. So that's really cool. Uh, it's going to have the Genesis Game Boy and Super Game Boy. Uh, the SNES version only for the Lion King, but not for Aladdin, which is weird. I don't understand that. Uh, there's a rewind factor, a, uh, jump forward. There's a interactive game viewer. So you can just watch the game. You can just watch somebody play the game and just jump in at any time. There's cheat codes. Uh, I think this is super cool. Sure. Yeah. This is like nostalgia and they can just charge you, but they're only charging you 30 bucks. Yeah. They could have easily charged $60. Oh, yeah, definitely. Easily charged $60. But it's a $30 game, right? It's a $30 game. It brings back nostalgia. It's adding new features. In fact, it's adding uh, the trade show demo of Aladdin to it. So there's artwork behind it. You can just listen to the soundtrack. I think this is a good package for what mm -hmm. you're getting for $30. Are you excited for this at all? I am. Yeah. Um, when you told me, I wasn't quite as excited. Uh, yeah. Um, just because Hi, originally dog. when, because I was actually looking for Aladdin and a Genesis to play it on when we were at um, LA Retro. Yeah, at LA Retro. And so you expected me to be like, "Woo, yes, I'm so excited!" But I wanted it more to play on the Genesis. Yeah. Um, that like I was looking for that true nostalgia. 
But I am more excited, but I did say that I think in the end I would rather buy a Switch to play it on. Yeah. Because I don't see me booting up the PlayStation or the Xbox just to play these. Uh, I yeah. feel like it's more something that you're just like, oh, there's nothing to do. Oh, there's this. Like, oh, I'm just going to pick it up and play it for a couple minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I see a Switch in our future. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's cool. It's coming out this fall. Uh, I don't see any harm in this. For thirty dollars, you're getting a lot bang for your buck, especially if you're our age and you remember these games. Yeah. So I, I think this is fine. Everybody's kind of like on either like the extreme, like this is the fantastic, and then there's other people who are like, this is stupid. Why would they even do this? They're just ripping you off. I'm kind of in the middle. It's fine. It's good. Yeah. I, I, mean, I think it's buy it. Don't buy it. I don't really care. We're oh. excited. We're gonna buy it. Yeah. Totally. We're buying a whole switch just to play this thing. <laughs> so I guess we're in on the, the end. Other. It's a very and in, in the end, it's a very expensive game for. Us. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to our number two gaming news. Uh, Telltale Games is coming back. <laughs> sort of. Kind of. Hmm. Uh, sort of. Well, people are saying that like, oh, it's not actually Telltale Games. It's coming back. Like, don't get your hopes up. If you read the article from Polygon, uh, yes, I agree that it's not going to be the Telltale Games that you remember. It's not going to be complete back in action same people because um the one thing now let, let's just get into this let's get into my notes real quick uh it's been reported that this is being purchased by the lcg entertainment studio uh which made mobile games for like power rangers and whatnot now lcg has stated that they retain some licenses that telltale once had including wolf among us and the batman series However, they did state that some Marvel games were taken back and they did confirm that the Stranger Things, uh, that license was returned back to Netflix. So don't look for a Stranger mm-hmm. Things uh, series coming in time soon. And the other bad part about this is that the they are uh, hiring back the former Telltale employees mm-hmm. as freelancers. So they get paid on the daily yeah. So it's not like they're officially back. They're really just freelance workers. Yeah. And I believe they get a tax break from that. I'm not a businessman in that way. Yeah. So, I mean, you never know. In the end, they could say this freelance thing. Like, you know, in a year or two, they could say, you right. know, this is going pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we can hire you all permanently and reopen a studio for them to work on again. Yeah. You know, so you never know where it could end up. The, I think this is a step in a good direction for what used to be Telltale. And that's the thing. Um, that, that's the thing. It's a step in the right direction to the other Telltale games. Now, people are just getting upset like, oh, don't don't even think that this is going to be a thing. But just just read the article. We have all the articles, by the way, that we're reporting on mm-hmm. link down in the description down below as well as some affiliate links of what we use for the podcast. So if you're interested, check out the description if you're on audio or on YouTube, whatever. I want to read a statement here from the yeah, from the report from Polygon. Uh, now, Otterly, who I believe I'm saying his name right, is one of the buyers from LCG Entertainment. Now, I want to I want to state what he states. <laughs> I guess uh, Otterly explained the company is looking at evolving Telltale's episodic model. So he's still focused on making a Telltale episodic thing. But let's continue with his statement. We will probably keep the concept of episodes. Uh, I want to repeat that we will probably. Keep the concept of episodes, but with a different pacing. This is a different world. 
from a media consumption standpoint, we need to look at how people like to entertain themselves. I like the idea of binge watching. Hmm. So people are just saying that they, they, they look at that statement and they're saying like, oh, just like a regular game, you give all the content. Now, ha hang on. It's not generally like any other video game because a video yeah. game keeps going. There is no break. Yeah, whereas they could do episodes like at the end of the first episode, it does it, you know, rolls credits. Does like yeah. when you think of Life is Strange, like if you have every episode of the first season of Life is Strange, mm -hmm. you can go boom, 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 boom. But yeah. there's still that defined break. Yeah. Between them, and you have to go on and click next episode. Exactly. So like I know I know a ton of people who are not they're not playing Life is Strange two until it comes out. Same thing with Before the Storm. They didn't play that. Uh, hi, uh, our dog just I left. that scared me. Um, anyways, so there's some people who don't play until the final release when all the episodes are contained because that's how they want to consume that product. Yeah, they want to binge watch Life is Strange. They want to binge watch Telltale games. So I think they're sticking with what Telltale mm -hmm. was once known as episodes, and you can just sit down play an episode and then put the controller down maybe come back to it maybe binge watch it yeah i think what they're trying to do is that listen we we understand why people liked telltale we're in it for the money people want telltale games people want the episodic model but we want to give people the option to either binge watch it or take a break we want to give people the option to play our games in the way they want to yeah so uh, that, that's the thing. That was my last note <clears throat> is that they're looking towards binge watching. They've already stated in this article that they have the licenses for Wolf Among Us and Batman, but not for, I believe they said in the article, not Guardians of the Galaxy or Stranger Things. That kind of upsets me. I was hoping there was going to be a Stranger Things but series. But you never know. Like I said, yeah. this is a right... This is a step in the right direction yeah. for what used to be Telltale. Right. So you never know. In once they see if this is paying off, yeah, they might want to reboot and try and make a deal with Netflix mm -hmm. or do whatever they were, you know, all the other things they were doing. Exactly. So I I think this is fine news. I, people are like doom and gloom about this. Like, oh, it's not what you think. I, I'm not a fan of the whole hiring them as freelancers things. I'm not a fan of that, but. They do them, whatever. I know. I see his head racing on the table. Oh, a little no pupper. one else can see him. No one else can see him. But but he's cute. But we'll see where this all goes. So let's move on to our number one gaming news. Uh, this is important. This is really important. Now mm -hmm. I don't know how to say this last guy, uh, this guy's last name, but that's okay because he's a garbage human being, uh, allegedly. Yeah. Night in the Woods developer uh, Infinite Falls cancels their project now i want to reiterate this this article also reiterates saying that they didn't cancel their next game but they had a separate project specifically for their kickstarter backers and that project has been canceled uh in the wake of sexual assault allegations against the designer and composer and animator for night in the woods named uh, uh alec hawalka how 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 hello Haloka. Haloka. That's we're, how I would pronounce it. Haloka. Yeah. We're gonna say Haloka. But yeah, he's been cut ties with because he has been alleged for sexual assault against other people in the gaming industry. Mm -hmm. Now, 
this is important because this is like now coming into play to say that, listen, there's a sexual assault issue within the games industry and nobody's talking about it. And now people are actually recognizing it. Now, you get a, you didn't get a chance to read the article. No. But what do you take from this, from what I told you? Um. Well, let, let's talk about it more. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, so, Zoe Quinn... So Zoe Quinn, who also saw like all of these blog posts about like top tier game developers who are coming into sexual assault, she finally came to it and she said, you know what, I need to tell my story. And she wrote out how Holoka, Holoka, right? It doesn't matter what his name, last name. I, I'm not trying to demonize this guy. It's just Adam's not good with words. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Um, and that's, a, and that's the important part is that like, listen, this guy made not just a mistake. I'm not going to say he made a mistake. Oopsies. He committed a crime and I think he should be punished for it. Mm-hmm. Right. But to just demonize him, right. Is to just say that we can't teach him how to be right. He's always going to be a garbage human being if you treat him like a garbage human being. Right. If you demonize these people, there's no chance of redemption. No chance of redemption. There's no chance, and the cycle continues. Right. Let's say he comes out. Let's say he has a kid. Nobody taught him to redeem himself. Therefore, the cycle will continue into his family cycle. Therefore, people won't become better because you continue to demonize these people and you don't lead to their redemption. Right. That's just my bias here. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can tweet at me and fight me on that. I like, yeah, this this guy is horrible. And what he did to Zoe Quinn, apparently, uh, Zoe Quinn alleged that or not alleged, but she had so much abuse from this guy that she had to hide in her bathroom stalls just to avoid him. Right. She she had to just like hide away in bathroom stalls. That's insane. That's absolutely insanity. Right. And had this has it all been proven already? Like, I believe. I don't think this has been proven yet, uh, but here's the other part of this: that uh, a developer for Celeste and also the game Towerfall, Matt Thorson, had also revealed that he had to cut ties with Holoka mm. because he was doing the same kind of thing. Okay. So Holoka also yeah. already had. So it's already a strike on him. Yeah, he already had allegations put against him, right? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. I understand he needs to be punished. And I totally agree. Yeah. This guy needs to be punished. Yeah. And he needs to be cut ties with. He needs to be out of the games industry. He needs to have punishments happen to learn that it's wrong. And he needs to be put into rehabilitation. He needs to learn how to be a human being and how to teach or, or like how to love grow. yeah how to grow how to love human beings without being a garbage man now i know a lot of you are disagreeing with me that he needs to be demonized that he needs to be not treated like a human being but i think this is important to know that uh the games industry needs to grow it needs to become legitimized and there's too many of these allegations and too many proven uh points in this mm-hmm. that 
in my opinion, needs to be fixed. It needs to be remedied, right? And, and that's just my opinion. But I think it's very important that these people get called out, right? I, like, I applaud Zoe for actually doing this mm -hmm. and having the bravery to do this. People are saying, like, why did it take her so long? You don't know her story, man. Yeah, and that's what they say with a lot of victims. Like, right. why did you take so long? It's like, you don't know how someone deals with this stuff. You yeah. don't know their life. You don't know what happened in their life. You don't and know like, what threats he gave? Yeah, you have zero idea what their life is like or you know how their mind works so yeah. if it has to if it takes them a while then it takes them a while exactly this guy deserves punishment but he also deserves rehabilitation i'll stop using the word redemption because i know that's going to upset a yeah. lot of people but he needs re re rehabilitation yeah Right. If he's going to be he's not going to be in prison for life. Yeah. Understand that he's not going to be in prison for life. So he's going to get out. If he if he is put in prison, he's going yeah. to be put out. and He's going to be let uh, let loose in the world. And he hasn't been rehabilitized. Yes. Yeah, That's not a word. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you have to think a lot of the time with these people, someone clearly never taught them how to what's right. appropriate and how to act mm -hmm. as a person. So somewhere along the line, these people do need to be taught. Exactly. And just punishing them isn't going to change their way, the way they think. Yeah. So I want to end this news story with a statement from uh, Benson. Uh, oh, man, what's his first name? I'm sorry. Let me just uh, look that up really quick. Never mind. Uh, okay. Benson from Infinite Falls. I forget his first name. I'm so sorry. But he says this in a, in a lengthy tweet thread. We, we received a lot of emails and messages in the past few days, often very hurt and angry. Uh, that's also how we feel. This has been very, very tough. Uh, in a separate statement, he wrote that uh, what this means for Night in the Woods going forward is something we will have to work out. These things take time, longer than a couple days at least. And then this is what I just said, not long after, Towerfall developer Matt Thorson revealed that he had similar, similarly, I can't speak, similarly cut ties with Holoka uh, previously. Holoka was a composer of Towerfall. Um, I'm glad this is being recognized. I'm glad this is being mm -hmm. called out. And I think this is important to legitimize the gaming industry. Yeah. And again, like I said, I think the mistake is to demonize these people so they don't get their treatment that they desperately yeah. need and you're we're not going to get anywhere in this world if we just continue to demonize people however i don't think these people will be re rehabilitized if we don't punish them you yeah. understand where i'm coming from i'm just trying not to get in trouble that's all i'm trying to do um but that's my take do you have any last takes no i mean like i said i completely agree with you that mm -hmm. you can't just demonize them and push them out because right. someone needs to teach them what's appropriate and what's not so that maybe one day they can yeah. redeem themselves or just better their lives. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate, but you're right. As far as the gaming industry goes, mm -hmm. I think this also shows people that there's nothing different from the gaming mm -hmm. industry to other industries. That right. Crap happens everywhere. Exactly. You know? So this is like the third podcast where we're about to go into our next segment. and like a downer. Yeah. So excuse me if I'm changing the tone of voice, but I really want to get excited for our next guest coming in. I'm just going to build up the excitement. Do you feel me going? This feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, let's just do it. So, like I said, our next guest coming on the podcast is, of course, Marcus Graves, who is the voice of the top three gaming news and also all of our E3 transitions. He's also a short filmmaker. He's got his own YouTube channel called Marcus Graves, where we're going to talk about his YouTube yeah. channel, too. We'll talk about everything. Yeah. So enough of that. Uh, enough of him introducing our guest. Let's just bring him on. Let's bring on my old college roommate. Marcus Graves. It's interview time. All right, everybody, we got our guest here, Marcus Graves, who does the voice of the top three gaming news and our E3 episodes. Marcus, give us a hello. Hey, what's up? And just to prove that you are indeed that, can you give us your best top three gaming news voice? Top three gaming news. There he is. There's his ID card right there. <laughs> So, Marcus, before we start with our interview, can you uh, talk a little bit about your YouTube channel and your, uh, I'm going to say, it, your career into making short films? Mm, a career. Wow. Okay. I yeah. appreciate that. I don't I don't know if that's uh, what I call it just yet. Uh, certainly a, a nascent career. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's it in that. its infancy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, everything is going, everything is going really well with, mm. uh, with my short films. Yeah. I really, well, technically I started that, uh, what's the year now? 2019? Mm -hmm. Jeez. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it, it, like around 2013, 2014 when I really like put mm -hmm. uh, uh, the pedal to the metal, so to speak, in doing it. And uh, it's been good, man. I haven't, haven't stopped, haven't let up yet. The YouTube channel is even newer than that. Yeah. And uh, I think I just passed a year wow. uh, in April. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's 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 been going really well, especially when it comes to uh, YouTube, and that of course just with the short film, but also the other things that I do on my channel, when they, whether it be reactions or video essays or breakdowns, whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. um, ha like kind of growing and building this community has been really really dope. And I know, of course, you know it's the internet. Everybody always talks yeah. about. Uh, uh, trolls or whatever the case may be here. And I really haven't gotten a whole heck of a lot of that. Uh, That's then good. Again, yeah. Uh, but then again, you know, I've, I'm only at like 1.1 K subscribers and everything. So it's like, mm -hmm. so even though I have this great community around me and they're really supportive and they're really uh, uh, fun to, to interact with, uh, I definitely haven't reached a point yet where I started, you know, gathering yeah. <laughs> any, mm -hmm. any trolls or any, uh, or any naysayers of the sort. So I'm sure that's that will come. It's the internet. So that will come soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've already gotten our fair share of them. Um, yeah. and, and we're less than you. So yeah. <laughs> it's it's actually really lucky. That's uh that oh hi hi dog. The dog just uh jumped in my lap. If you're listening to us on audio version, the dog is uh very rude. So no, he just missed us. He just wanted to be with us today. Yeah. So let's get started with the interview. So we've got five interview questions for you, Marcus, and we just want to talk with you and just to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, let's talk about the first of our questions. You were my college roommates. Yes, I was. In college. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I want to ask you, what was the best part about being my college roommates? First of all, when, I, when you sent me... Uh the questions to prepare. Yeah. Can I say that? Am I pulling the curtain back too much or can I say that? No, I think the questions? audience knows it at this yeah. point. 
Okay. Uh, when you sent me the questions and that was the first one, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I died immediately. I'm like, of course. Yes. <laughs> so it's a little oh. bit of a self-serving question. Yeah. <laughs> you know um, me well. But you know what? When when I read it, I'm like, you know what? I Immediately I know. First of all, and it comes down to three, three points. Friends, yes. the Clone Wars, and the fact that we just got along really well. I mean, I... I mean, Friends and, and the Clone Wars, of course, certainly helped, yeah. obviously. Kevin Hart, we would watch him, you know, uh, like near constantly all the time, or at least if not constantly watching him, certainly quoting all yeah. of his, uh, his material. And I think it's just the thing where that, it wasn't so much that's why we got on well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was indicative of us getting along well, mm-hmm. you know? And it, uh, and when I, when I really thought about it, I'm like, I really can't describe yeah. Why we did we just we just did. <laughs> no, totally. Yeah, it was it was a good vibe. Uh especially since I tricked you basically in going to the worst rooming situation possible. Oh my goodness, that dorm what? was terrible. Yeah, remember <laughs> Yeah, remember the dorms we stayed in cuz it was supposed to be new and brand new like it with all this new equipment. Awesome and cool. And it, it looked like worst. it looked like a like a prison, basically. <laughs> it looked absolutely terrible. And our electric kept going out. It was awful. Oh my that building, gosh, yes, their that washing first... machines kept, caught fire. Yeah, my, my yes. first year there, they were like always like smoking. There's fire trucks there all the time. Yeah, all the time. And you know what? Mm. I I literally forgot about it until you guys just mentioned them. Like, oh my gosh, the power did go out like a lot all of times. The time. All the time when when it was first like getting uh, uh getting going, and yeah. I'm like that. That was crazy. You remember we had to keep our doors open at all times? Do you remember that? At all times. That's terrible. Yeah, we had to keep it open at all times. But the worst part about that, not only could everybody hear us with the doors open, everybody could hear you with the doors closed. Like you could hear three doors down because the walls are that paper thin. I feel like I need... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and the fact that the you know we had no carpeting. So, yeah. No carpeting. So yeah. any so not only through the walls but traveling through the floor as oh. well. And it's like yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, eventually, of course, we all got used to it. We had to. We yeah. had no other choice. But yeah. you know, it was it was crazy. And I'm just thinking. I remember <laughs> bringing it back up. The fact that we had to keep our doors open at all times is for an accountability purpose, which at, uh, to a degree I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, it's. It's two dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the dorm. What are we doing? Yes. <laughs> that you know, we have to keep our doors open at all times. At then our again, Bible college. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> then again, you know, things are different. Things. Yeah. yeah. Those is, I, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe there was a good point. Just I, at least I know for me, and I know for you, Adam. I'm like, uh, yeah. ain't, ain't nothing happening. Ain't nothing going yeah. on. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why we need to keep our door open this entire time. <laughs> yeah, it was uh it was a crazy time, but we got along well as roommates. Like that was yes, a good year. Yeah. Man. But uh enough about us, both of us, personal stories. Let's talk more about you. So Liz, why don't you jump us off with the next question? Okay. So our next question is what are some good gaming memories that you have? We know you do the short films and everything, and you're more on movies, mm-hmm. but are there any good gaming memories? Uh Maybe, maybe not like like specific moments in mm-hmm. particular, because um, like you said, yeah, I'm definitely not a hardcore gamer. Yeah. Uh, but I have played at least something on um, every generation, 
uh, NES, Sega. I skipped Dreamcast and N64. <laughs> yeah. I do remember that. Uh, mm-hmm. But the PlayStation 1, I think, the mm-hmm. PlayStation 1 and the Game Boy slash Game Boy Advance era yeah. uh, was, that's my bread and butter, I think, uh, yeah. in terms of like memories. Uh, when you have things like uh, uh, Crash Bandicoot, Mm-hmm. Uh, Parappa the Rapper. Yes. Even though that, you know what I mean? It's like, just, yes. even though Parappa the Rapper is not like, you know, when you think gaming, it's not like, oh my gosh, such a big game. But mm-hmm. for that time and that mm-hmm. era, it was like, yo, this is just dope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, I remember a, a game called uh, Siphon Filter. And. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And that, it, and I really enjoyed that, but I think that was kind of like a gateway game mm-hmm. for. I think one of my favorite game series of all time, hmm. uh, which is Splinter Cell. Nice. Mm. Oh, I remember that. I remember you used to play that all the time. Yes, right? Because yes. that was, I, I just loved the whole mm-hmm. stealth game and, and assassin mix of it, uh, you know, mm-hmm. special operative. Dude, that was so, yes. that, that was my jam right there. So I don't have a specific memory, but I do have uh, series and consoles that I've, uh, definitely had like a lot of memories uh, within, and you know what? And not to get too off topic, because uh, this is something I didn't uh, I didn't think of until just now was uh, when it comes to computer games. Some of like those really like old school ones where uh, uh, I can't even remember what mm-hmm. they were now, but they were they were designed to help you like young kids learn. Oh, um, um, Jumpstart. Yeah, the, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Jumpstart and, and Leap in the Learning. And stuff. Yeah, Leap in the Learning. Leap in the Learning, all that stuff. And yes. then there were certain ones that are like, you know that they were educational, yeah. but they were designed to be like, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was kind of like you were like this... Uh, you were like this class on assignment uh, in Egypt or something. And you were doing oh. hieroglyphs. So you were learning about Egyptian stuff. And I'm like, yo, this is really dope. So uh, stuff like that was, like I said, not mm. hardcore, but yeah. things that I certainly... Uh, remember and always mm-hmm. stick out to me. No, Splinter Cell definitely being the biggest one, and NBA oh, yeah. 2K. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That and and like we say here on the podcast, like it doesn't matter what you play, you're a gamer regardless. It's just mm-hmm. that you have to play video games, and therefore, boom, you're oh, a gamer. Good. So all those Jumpstart games I played when I was little, and the Barbie yeah. PC <laughs> games I played when I was little count. They count. Yeah, they count. Awesome, because I loved my Barbie game. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it counts in my book. Exactly. It counts in it counts in here at Games and Groceries. It all counts. I really <laughs> want that game. I'm going to go look for it now. So we mixed up the questions that I gave you. So I'm going to throw you off by asking again about your YouTube channel, right? Okay. So you do Naruto episodes. You do your Naruto reaction episodes. You uh, break down drama series as well as uh, observe some horror films. But I want to ask you. What is your favorite content to make on your channel? My favorite content to make by far is uh, breakdowns and video essays. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Um, because I, I enjoy uh, my reactions. So let's, you know, not to, uh, you know, not to uh, get it twisted by any sense, but like I do enjoy my reactions, especially going through Naruto, especially like I love anime. And so, and this is just one that I never really got to. So I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah, let's go through here. And once again, like going through it and going back to the community aspect of things, mm-hmm. um, the community that that's built and interacting with them and uh, knowing that 
we're all kind of like, in a sense, watching along with each other. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that is is amazing. But with uh, breakdowns and video essays, uh, being able to delve into material, mm-hmm. um, analyze, dissect it, uh, that's really where my heart is. Um, yeah. Even, uh, I, it's not on my channel yet, but coming up soon, I'm going to like do a breakdown of a particular scene in X2, X-Men United, uh, I'm going to, uh, I've done a couple breakdowns already, haven't posted them yet, but I've done a couple breakdowns of, uh, the first two sequences in the first Jurassic Park film. Uh, and I'm planning on doing more when it comes into getting into that stuff, like get bre- breaking down the story, breaking down, mm-hmm. uh, the camera movement, why this camera movement was used here or why these characters were blocked in this, I, uh, dude, that, I mean, and obviously because I'm a director yeah. <laughs> and a writer, mm-hmm. that's probably why that's hits me. That hits me the hardest, but that's my favorite content to make. Haven't, hasn't gotten as much love <laughs> as the reaction videos, but yeah. you know, hopefully, you know, my, uh, my grandmother always encourages me with, uh, just throw stuff against the wall. Something's bound yeah. to stick. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm, so that's the philosophy I go with where I'm like, you know what? It's not getting a whole heck of a lot of love, but I do love doing it. And I know maybe eventually it will stick at some point. But yeah. in the meantime, I just love doing it, man. Breaking down all that stuff, that's that's my bread and butter. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And, and that's exactly it. Like, if you enjoy doing it, you know, it, that's all that matters. Because mm-hmm. there's plenty right. of content that we make and it doesn't get as much love. But, you know, we, we love making it. And like you yeah. said, sometimes, like someday it will stick. But... Um, I love how you're sticking it through and mm-hmm. definitely, uh, I enjoy your, uh, your channel content, even though I'm not a big anime person, I like your reactions to it. Uh, Thank especially you, when you do Yoda impressions. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. I, I just, I, uh, I just did one yeah. in one of my reactions. The I know other day. I saw you saw that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just funny. Cause of like what somebody commented and they're like, Whoa, that was a really good. Yoda yeah. impression. Uh, and I was like, and then the comments, I was like, yeah, I know he did it all the time. <laughs> I really, I really did. And mm-hmm. so it's funny how impressions come up like that, where I'm like, I didn't, sometimes it will, it will, I'll just do it. And I'm like, Oh wow. I actually can do this. I didn't think yeah. I could before I started, mm-hmm. you know, doing it like uh, Jeff Goldblum. Um, yeah. And even though I still have, you know, I still have to work on that one a little bit. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it doesn't come as easy as Yoda does, but mm-hmm. even with that, it's like, oh yeah, okay. I didn't, I, uh, I didn't know I could do this. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's something I could put in my repertoire there. <laughs> Dang. All right, Liz, you want to take us into the fourth question? Yes. So what makes you so passionate about creating your own short films? This was a question. Hmm. This is a question. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is a question. <laughs> um, what? Hmm. I think the biggest thing for me is just, I just wanted to create stories, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's thinking of passion is, uh, and what being passionate is, mm-hmm. hmm. it, it may, it may sound it may sound weird. I don't know. Let's see. But we, yeah, go for we, it, man. We have this thing where a lot of people, when you when you say passionate, they they it immediately evokes the uh, an emotional experience or the mm-hmm. thought of like an emotional thing. Somebody's passionate, which means you know they have a 
a lot of joy or derive mm-hmm. a lot of happiness and everything. And even though that's true, yeah. whenever I think of being passionate about filmmaking, mm. at least when it comes to me, yeah. is that it's something that I kind of just do. Because yeah. obviously with everybody, there are a lot of times, even if you are passionate about something, you don't feel like doing a particular thing in that medium that mm-hmm. day maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, there's never a day that goes by that I don't feel like working on a story, mm-hmm. but there may be particular stories that I may not be vibing with right now. Or I'm like, ah, I'm yeah. not really feeling that today. I really want to work on this story, but my priority list, because this one is the the closest one to being complete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should be focusing on that one. And I think the thing with now that's you know that's all going into priorities and everything, but and I, I may be digressing a bit. But when it comes to being passionate, it's a thing where it's like I just kind of do. It's like breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, yeah. We just kind of we just kind of do it. We don't normally think about the mechanics of it. It just kind of happens. Mm-hmm. You don't realize its absence until it's absent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, like I thought that. about that where I'm like, what if I. Yeah, I see people like Quentin Tarantino and everything saying that he's going to retire and other people have said they're going to retire. And I'm just thinking to myself, how? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I, I don't get that. Maybe maybe from this particular industry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can understand because, you know, with the Hollywood industry as, uh, yeah. you know, there, there, there's some there's some politicking and stuff that goes or, you know, goes along, I guess, with every company yeah. in any industry that you go into. Mm-hmm. There's some politicking, some games that you have yeah. to play. And Always. I can understand, like, saying, like, I want to take a step back from mm-hmm. all that, you know? I, I can understand that. But to take a step back from filmmaking yeah, is a foreign concept to me. Because I, and who knows what will come down the road, but I know, at least for me, where I'm, like, thinking about not being able to make stories anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not being able to create these worlds. Not being able to, uh, and it doesn't always have to be. Mm-hmm. Visually, it could be audio. It could be audio visual. It could be yeah. it, mm-hmm. it could be uh, just uh, uh, through the written word of my screenplays and everything. But creating stories, if I can't do that anymore, and I've thought about like if there was something that happened, whether I gave it up or something uh, came into my life where I could not create stories anymore, mm-hmm. it's literally the the sensation that I get or the thought that I get. It's like when you can't breathe anymore. You're clawing. Yeah. You're gra- you're you're gasping for air. You're trying to like, yo, I I, I need this though. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's how I see passion, where it's something that I don't that doesn't have to be thought about. It's just something that you do every day, but the absence of it, yeah, is debilitating. You know, the absence of it mm. is horrifying. Mm-hmm. No, I like that I perspective. Think, yeah, I think that's what passion is to me. Yeah. Mm. I like this. Yeah, I like. Yeah, that. I'm definitely going to put on like an Instagram quote of what you just said <laughs> in like the sunset. Like one of those like really yeah. inspirational ones with the pretty background and the good fonts. Yeah. <laughs> but I like well, that. I, I like I that perspective, that. man. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. Like, uh, I definitely, definitely relate to that, man. Like, good mm-hmm. answer, by the way. Good job. Like, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Which brings us to our final and more fun topic. Now. As your former roommates, I know a lot about you. And as you said about your impressions, right, uh, mm-hmm. that you just go ahead and you, you just do it. And you didn't know you could do it until you actually do it. 
you were able to quote the entire script of the movie <laughs> mm-hmm. Toy Story. My question is, can you still quote Toy Story and can you give us a favorite scene of yours? <laughs> uh, to give a little background yeah. for your listeners, uh, this wasn't something I practiced. Nope. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't something I thought about. The reason, the way it came about was I was working housekeeping when, mm-hmm. uh, when me and Adam were in college. Yeah. And I, I had gone through all my music. I didn't really feel like listening to anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd gone through all my podcasts. I was up to date on all of them. And so I'm working this balcony. And of course, Adam and Liz, you remember the uh, the chapel mm-hmm. balcony. Yeah. yeah. And it's this huge spot. And I'm basically going uh, aisle to aisle, chair to chair in this whole uh, upper balcony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, so what am I going to do yeah. <laughs> to kind of help pass this time? And I just started thinking of Toy Story from mm-hmm. the very beginning, um, yeah. just as a thing of like, uh, just something to preoccupy my mind. Yeah. And it wasn't until 40, 45 minutes later <laughs> that I realized yeah. I've done every line, every music cue, every <laughs> visual cue <laughs> in my head for 45 minutes without missing a beat. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just a thing where uh, even sometimes now, uh, whether it be my mom or grandmother or, or a friend of mine, they'll say something and I'm like, oh, it's from this movie. It was this line during this scene, this and the other. And yeah. they're like, how do you remember that? I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I just <laughs> when it comes to film and TV and everything, it's just it's just kind of like a steel trap. I don't go out to remember it. I just it just. Yeah. Sticks in my head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and with Toy Story, um, I don't necessarily have a favorite scene, mm-hmm. but the one that whenever when when somebody brings it up, <laughs> this is the one that I always go to is when Buzz first arrives and he says, yeah. uh, uh, Buzz like you're at a Star Command. Come in, Star Command. Star Command, come in. Do you read me? Why don't they answer? <gasps> my ship goes over to the ship, blast. It'll take weeks to repair. Buzz Lightyear mission log, star date 4072. And actually, funny enough, I forget this next line. But he goes on, he says, uh, I seem to have crash landed on a strange planet. The impact must have woken me up from hypersleep. Jumps on the bed. The terrain seems a bit unstable. No readout yet, indicating that the air here is breathable. And there seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Hello? Who is that? Ah! Whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Did I frighten you? Did it mean to? Sorry, howdy. My name is Woody, and this is Andy's room. And that, that's all I wanted to say. And that there seems to have been a bit of a mix-up. This is my spot. See the bed here? Local law enforcement. It's about time you got here. I'm Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger, Universe Protection Unit. My, same, my ship seems to have crash landed here by mistake. Yes, this is a mistake. Because you see, the bed here is my spot. I need to repair my turbo boosters. Do people still use fossil fuels or even discover crystallic fusion? Oh, well, let's see. We got double A's. Watch yourself. Whoa. He drops them on the bed. Oh, who goes there? Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's okay, friend. Do you know these life forms? <clears throat> yes. They're Andy's toys. All right, everyone, you're clear to come up. I am Buzz Lightyear. I come in peace. Oh, I'm so glad you're not a dinosaur. Thank you. And I, I could literally go from. <laughs> oh, I know you can. You can just keep going. <laughs> I but, really could. By the way, all who are listening, whether you believe it or not, he does not have any script in front of him. He is just quoting the movie yeah. from right here. <laughs> and I told Liz this. I'm like, no, I'm telling you, he can quote 
all of Toy Story. It's <laughs> insane. Oh my god! I think you know what. Now that I'm thinking of it, I think my favorite, at least quote anyway from Toy Story, yeah, is uh, after Buzz goes around, he says that he can fly and actually gets caught and he's falling with style. And he says, "No, that that wasn't flying. That was falling with style." He said, I, uh, "Man, the dolls must really go for you. Can you teach me that?" And Slinky says, "Got it, all mouth." He says, "Oh, shut up." <laughs> the way the way Woody and Tom Hanks delivers that line, oh shut up. Like, yo, that that's my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite moments oh, in man. that uh, and I love whenever I'm reciting the thing, that is my favorite part to get to. Oh, so man. I'll amend that and I'll say that's my favorite part. Dang. I love it. <laughs> so uh, now that our audience has gotten to know you a little bit better and knows that you can quote the entire story uh toy story lines, uh I think this is a good time to jump in to our final segment, all about Star Wars. Let's get into it. Talkie Time. So Talkie Time is a segment that we do every single week, and we like to talk about the uh, different topics within the gaming industry. But today's episode is not really about gaming per se, but about a certain movie franchise that got into gaming and other things as well. That sounded wrong, but we're still going to talk about it. <laughs> So, our talkie time is all about the state of Star Wars. So, let's get right into it. Oh, where's your lightsaber? Oh, I don't know. Oh, no. You lost... lost... Oh, it's in there. Oh, it's in there. It's in the other room. All right. So, let's just jump into it. Uh, I think a good way to define this conversation is first to define our love for Star Wars. And I want to start with our guest here, uh, who I know is much more of a Star Wars fan than I am ever will be uh marcus i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> oh i know about it uh, <laughs> marcus why why do you love star wars so much and how what has it meant to your life um funny enough mm -hmm. my my mom always finds it funny how big of a star wars fan that i am mm -hmm. uh because when i was two years old she showed me mm -hmm. one of the ot films and i can't remember which one it was, if it was uh, New Hope or Empire. But yeah. she was she was showing me <laughs> one of the movies, yeah. and I absolutely hated it. Oh, man. And and I'm thinking to myself, and she told me that, and I'm like, really? Yeah. Because <laughs> I can't see myself not liking Star Wars now. Yeah. But then again, I'm like, okay, I was too... Yeah. I was, I was cognizant for like a second of what was going on around me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't really count that. But uh, Star Wars, why do I love it? What does it mean? Uh, what has it meant and what does it mean to me? Mm -hmm. um, somebody asked me the question not too long ago, mm. why I love Star Wars. Yeah. And not in like a you know derogatory way of like, right. oh, why do you love Star Wars? But like, you know, just, you know, yeah. inquiring. Right. And I kind of stopped because I'm like, you know what? I don't really know if I have an answer. Mm. It's just something that. I've latched on to, mm -hmm. and I think the if I have to give a answer for it, it's the world. Yes, uh, mm -hmm. because I love I love the Jedi, I love the Force, I love the light, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, um, more so than you know uh, uh, when it comes to like the bounty hunters and everything, or uh, uh, the mercenaries, or uh, even uh, I'm not a I'm not a ship dude. I know mm -hmm. a lot of uh, I know a lot of cats who can like quote 
like exactly what ship was in which scene of the movie. And I'm like, see, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not a ship dude. Mm-hmm. I can tell you like the basic what the ship is. I, I can't I can't delve into <laughs> the specifics yeah. of yeah. it. Uh, but with so but even with that, loving the Jedi, loving the Force, all this stuff, it's more so the mythology of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So getting uh, I. I even though I know that's probably like a vague statement, it's like when I think of like the movies or when I think about playing KOTOR, uh, yes. Knights of the Old Republic, uh, for those who may not know uh, the acronym. Yeah. Um, on our gaming channel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, okay. So they, so they should probably do know. Yeah. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic. It's like <laughs> stuff like that where yeah. like getting into it, getting invested into it, just the expanse of it. It's just something that. Mm-hmm. I've always just immersed myself in mm-hmm. and absolutely yeah. loved, and it's been a fandom that, like, I like we were talking about uh, with us being roommates, where it's like it's just, uh, it's been a a connective point, yeah, for for me and you. It's been a connective point for me and other uh, friends that I that I uh, that I have, and I'm like, it, it's just, uh, I don't know, man. It's it's that's really hard to uh, describe. It's just something that. Yeah, the mythology of it is just so rich mm. and so mm-hmm. just awesome that I love being in it, a part of it, watching it, you know, playing it, whatever the case may be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I love how you brought up uh, Kotor, of course, because that that's a game. Uh, if you haven't played Knights of the Old Republic, you need to oh, get please. on that, man. Yes. Oh uh, my gosh. Yeah, Liz, I'm talking and to so, you. And it's something that's so replayable. Yeah. You know where? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I'm sorry. I think I cut you off. You said Liz. No, I, I was like, I was just saying, Liz, I'm talking to you about playing Nazi Hero Republic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, that's 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 brilliant point, though. Um, but yeah, Liz, I, I want to talk to you. Like what? Why do you like Star Wars so much? Well, okay. oh, wait, uh, Marcus, are you still there? Oh, yeah, I'm still here. OK, cool, cool, cool. All right, go for it. So for me, I didn't really get into Star Wars till we started dating. Yep. Because when I was younger, I watched um, episode one. I think my dad had. Yeah, the prequels, not just New Hope, but prequel number one. Yeah. That was that episode, was your first start. Yeah, that was the first one I saw. Yeah. And I was very little. Like I was probably like six or seven. Like I only remember Jar Jar. Like, that was mm-hmm. the only thing I remembered from that movie. He's a very memorable character from yeah. the worst. <laughs> Squeeze me. Yeah. Um, which I loved, Squeeze Me. Like, I held on to that till I was probably 17. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, so that was my first experience with Star Wars. But I was never, like, really into it. My family didn't follow it. Um, so we didn't, you know. We you were from a Harry Potter family. Yeah, we were a very big Harry Potter family. We watched all the Lord of the Rings when they came out on mm-hmm. dvd but other than that we were a harry potter family that was our yeah. that was our nerd culture in my house um so i didn't start watching star wars till we were dating mm-hmm. and even then you actually waited a while before you showed them to me yeah um i think we had been dating maybe four years before we sat down and watched all the prequel like we watched the first three and then yeah like we watched four five six yep and then we watched, like, you showed them to me in release yeah. order first. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I think what Star Wars means to me is just, like, it's part of who we are as a couple. Yeah. Like, it's something that we, like, severely bond over. Because we were both into Harry Potter separately when we were younger. Yeah. 
um, we only saw one Harry Potter movie together mm-hmm. and that was with my family. Yeah. <laughs> but so Harry Potter was something that we both loved when we were growing up, but Star Wars was something that we kind of bonded over because you showed it to me because that was something you loved. And so I loved it with you. Mm-hmm. And now it's something that like we look forward to. We talk about it like we wait forever for these movies. Like we yeah. go to see it together as soon mm-hmm. as possible. Like it's a big deal to us when we go see it and when we talk about it mm-hmm. and it's something that we talk about. So I guess it just like, to me, it means like it's something that we like, that's one of our big bonding moments Yeah, for us. Yeah. That's and- dope. Oh yeah. Like, uh, I, I still can't wait for episode nine. Oh for my God. Sure. I'm dying. Yeah. Hmm. Want but- it now. <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm taking him now. No, yeah. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> just a brief way you said it yeah it just reminded me of hating christensen sorry <laughs> yeah oh man i hate sand <laughs> of course it's rough and it's, it's cool it gets everywhere anyway <laughs> <laughs> uh just to briefly touch on what star wars means to me because i definitely want to get into our next talking yeah. point uh i would say like mark is it's definitely the lore it's a storytelling it's um <laughs> it's the character development of Luke Skywalker going from A New Hope, where he's just this whiny little brat uh, who <laughs> wants to like do like racing with his friends, to uh, Return of the Jedi, which give or take what you what your opinion is about Return of the Jedi, but he he's become more mature and more uh, controlled of his powers. He's he's becoming more of what he's supposed to be, mm-hmm. and it's just this ca- character development from. Uh, episode four, five, and six, and it's episode five. Just as a movie standpoint, right? It just encapsulates you. You're just trying to find out what's going on. Uh, how is this happening? And I really wish, I really wish that Luke, I am your father, wasn't such a cultural uh, quote because everybody knows it. So that you can't really go into episode five with a fresh mind because yeah. as soon as you hear that line you're not thinking like oh my god like you're you're not shocked anymore you're like hey that's the line I keep like hearing. imagine when that first came out and you're just like oh yeah what exactly at least, at least for an adult because mm-hmm. by the time you're either a teenager yeah. or an adult you've probably heard you know i'm your father yeah however i think like that's maybe why when you, it's you showed a- it when you're 10 yeah exactly like if you're you, still gonna be shocked at that yeah exactly if you can get them young and you'd yeah. be like, oh, because everything is new to you then. So it's yeah. like, oh, my gosh. OK, yeah, True. it's cool. You yeah. know, I, I think uh, and going to your point, Liz, about I wonder how it was when it first came out. I've always wondered that, too. And mm-hmm. one guy, um, well, two guys, uh, Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio podcast. Yeah, they uh, they they well, at least Jimmy Mack was old enough to be in the theater when Empire first wow. came out. Oof, and when that happened he and he always says like that blew my mind when yeah. it happened because i'm like no he's lying he has to be lying yeah you know like, yeah. so most of the people that were there were like immediately like no he's we're distrustful we're like no he's he's trying to bait luke he's trying to get him over to his mm-hmm. side and everything he's he's completely wrong so by the time then you get to return of the jedi and mm-hmm. yoda says your father he is you know yeah. it's like <laughs> oh my gosh yeah you yeah. know it's like so he actually was telling the truth and you're right i'm like i wish mm-hmm. i could have gone into empire and return of the jedi not knowing what was going to happen exactly i feel like yeah. they tried to do the same thing now i'm probably skipping a lot of your talking points oh, right now spoiler alert by the way i know where you're going with yeah i feel like they're trying to do the same thing with ray's parents with 
like how, um, yeah, but it was less just in a just in a worse way. Yeah, in a worse way. Like it, it's <laughs> yeah. not a good way. Like they didn't yeah. do it well. But I feel like they tried to do the same thing yeah. with Kylo saying like your parents are nobodies, and everyone's like, no, he's lying. Yeah, like that's not it. Like it's something like that, and. I, well, I, I, well, I guess is, we'll see where funny. they go with that. But I feel like they, that's something that they, they're trying to recreate a pop culture thing, and it's not working right well, now. Well, let's, uh, let's table that conversation I know. until we I get to I told you I was it. skipping a ton I, of uh, stuff. Because I, I definitely want to get to our next talking point with the next movie, because we can talk all day about Last Jedi. So mm-hmm. I'll save these conversations until then. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's first get into it. Uh, our first talking point, our first official talking point, that trailer... Whew. Let's talk about now, Dark Ray. The one Ray. that just came out, well, the teaser that just came out at D23 or the one that came out like a D23. few months ago? D23. Yeah, the new one. With, the old uh, one, the first one was told you nothing. Yeah, let, yeah. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Dark Ray and why that's so ridiculous and that's not actually going to happen in the movie. <laughs> so, Marcus, what are your thoughts? When you first saw Dark Ray, what, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, my initial thoughts, I can't immediately say because this is a college family-friendly podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, <yeah>. Okay. <laughs> but, it, but it was uh, bleeping out the expletive. It was where the is this story going? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know where I'm like I, <laughs> I don't because if it's real, mm-hmm. what was the point of the Last Jedi? Because in yeah. the Last yeah. Jedi. She's staunch on her side that she's going to bring Kylo back to the light. Yeah. yeah. And she rejects him. Yeah. When he, when his offer. So if this is real, what was the point? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Of that. If it's a vision. Mm-hmm. Once again, what's the point? Yeah. Because yeah. if she's already made her decision to be part of the light. Yeah. See, that worked in Empire. Because in yeah. Empire, yeah. Luke mm-hmm. was Luke was young, and he still didn't know what. Yeah. I just realized my voice is getting a little, uh, <laughs> a little yeah. more forceful. See, <laughs> go for it. Kind of gets me. Kind of gets me riled up, man. Yeah, huh? yeah. But, <laughs> but it's like in Empire, mm-hmm. when Luke goes into the cave mm-hmm. and he sees Vader, you know, has his duel with him, and you see he sees his face within it. That's because that's the potential of where he's at then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And technically in Return of the Jedi, that's still his potential because when you when you come in, he's wearing dark robes now, his colors are darker. He looks at the end when he oh, spoiler alert for a 30-year-old movie. When he yeah. looks at the, his hand <laughs> yeah. and see after he cuts off Vader's and sees how he's becoming like his father. Mm-hmm. Is when he makes the decision, "No, you have failed your highness. I'm a Jedi like my father before me." Yeah. So, he's still in that. The problem with the last Jedi is he uh uh he, uh, Kylo made that offer to Rey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She rejects it. Yeah. yeah. Not only does she reject it, mm-hmm. she is trying to pull him over to the light. Yeah. In Luke's story, that doesn't happen until the third film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now that you've done that in the second film, not that you have to follow that same formula, yeah. but because you've done that in the second film now, mm-hmm. to try to tease that she could do it in the third, narratively, what's the point? Yeah. No, yeah. That, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's just, uh, well, I'll get to my point, but no, you, you had some good points. Yeah. Liz, your initial thoughts. Dark Ray. Um, that, when they showed Dark Ray, I, one, I got super pumped and like, it was like. Super pumped. I got super pumped for just like the, how, like the story being dynamic oh, okay. and like, it just got me super pumped for the movie. Yeah. No, I don't want Ray to be dark. Of yeah. course. Mm-hmm. But 
I have my fingers crossed because my first thought, I was like, no, yeah. they won't make her evil. Mm-hmm. They won't make her go to the dark side. I'm like, maybe it's just a vision. Um, now, as far as the purpose of the vision, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be like a last ditch effort to say like, this is where you're meant to be or like, this yeah. is what you could be. Like, look at what you could do if you came to our side, like their last ditch effort to get her to the dark side. Yeah. Um, or someone saying like, if you pull Kylo to the light side, you would be after, you would have to be dark to keep balance. Yeah. Something like that along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was like bone chilling for me to see it. I got so excited just to see where they're taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not to, not to uh, jump ahead because I know mm-hmm. you went to table some points, Adam, till later. Yeah. Go for uh, it. But Liz, you mentioned balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I believe that was a missed opportunity in the mm-hmm. Last Jedi. Yeah. There um, were a lot of missed opportunities. <laughs> yes, there were. There were a lot, but that yeah. one in particular, <laughs> because when Luke is first teaching her, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. says, "Can you feel it? You know, uh, what? Tell me, what do you feel? Can you feel yeah. it?" And she says, uh, "I feel death, but I also yeah. feel life. I feel chaos and serenity, the light, the dark." And he says, "The balance." Yeah. And. You're going through that. And I'm thinking to myself, at least when I was first watching, I'm like, oh, I think I not that I see where they're going, but they're they're putting these seeds in here. Let's see where it goes. Let's see where it goes. And then when you start getting the bridge of Kylo and Ray being able to talk to each other over vast distances and everything. And it's like, oh, maybe they're still planting those seeds of light, dark. They are the balance now. Yeah. They are Mm -hmm. the ones that are going to bring this thing to uh, fruition. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then when you get into the uh, 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 the whole thing that Snoke was the one that was bridging them, which, mm, okay, we'll table those points yeah. <laughs> for later. Talk about that but later. We, <laughs> yeah, because like, when you get into those things where it's like that was an opportunity that you could have done, mm-hmm. Liz, what you were talking about, mm-hmm. where it's like she is the embodiment of the light now. He is the embodiment of the dark now. Yeah. This yeah. is going to have to meet in the middle some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... But, I'm just going to jump ahead and give you guys the reins here. My, briefly, Dark Ray, probably a vision. I don't think Disney is um, ballsy enough to do a move like that. I'm just going to say that right now. But that's coming from me. I hit Disney with a passion. Marcus, mm. you've tried to correct me many times. but uh, Correct? I'm, I'm not sure if I've tried to correct you as, <laughs> as if I was trying to steer you towards love of Disney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, just, just making some devil's advocate points. Yeah, um, <laughs> Disney is my mortal enemy, but that's my opinion. Anyways, um, <laughs> but I want to give you guys the reins here. Uh, my next talking point, though, uh, and this is something I've been thinking about, about the trust of the Star Wars franchise and the state of Star Wars. Do you guys feel, and I'll start with you, Marcus, because I know you got a lot to say. I'm going to link a video right here if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, Marcus's breakdown of The Last Jedi. Very fun video to watch. Definitely check it out. Um, but do we feel that the devices of uh, divisive opinions of The Last Jedi have a ripple effect into the trust of the Star Wars franchise? Uh, Marcus, go ahead. When you sent me the questions that we were going to, or the discussion topics that we were going to do, and this came up, yeah, my, my vocal cords started speaking before I could even think, <laughs> where it's like, oh, yes. Yeah, it's like it it has a you know what not even a ripple effect of Fisher. Yes, um, in Star Wars fandom. And look, if you if you are listening to this, or if you're out there in the ether, whatever, and you enjoy the Last Jedi, 
more power to you. Yeah, go for um, it. Go for it. it that, that's all well and good. Um, everything that I'm about to say right now mm-hmm. uh, is not coming from a point of enjoyment or dislike mm-hmm. of The Last Jedi. Yeah. It's simply what The Last Jedi is. So let me begin first with a couple positives. Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson is a spectacularly visual filmmaker. Yes, I agree when you that. Look, yeah, when you look at uh, the sequence on Crate with the speeders going over the sand and it's kicking up the red salt and everything like that. Mm-hmm. That was uh, beautiful. That that's, was beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, that's, yeah. that's gorgeous. When uh, the uh, Snoke's throne room with all the mm-hmm. red and then the Praetorian guards around mm-hmm. him, beautiful. Yeah. It all looks great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that... I still contend that Last Jedi is, if not second best, it is the best looking Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. I'll agree to that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, you know? it's, he's he's got great imagery. Oh, oh especially yes. that one scene with the the kamikaze into the the the, the, the what's the ship's name? But like that scene where when oh crashed. into a uh, Snoke's uh, Snoke. starship starship, yeah. Um, Dude, that was and that, was that pause of, of volume, it just was silent mm. and you just see the, oh, my, my heart sank. That was amazing. So it great, was, yeah, great vision great. for Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so when you have him like, so yeah, I'm putting him up there with Irvin Kirshner who mm. of course did, you know, did empire. I'm like, I put him right up there with them where it's like, yes. you two gave us the best visual mm-hmm. star Wars. Yeah. Um, uh, at least, uh, in terms of movies that we've had so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I will definitely give him that. Uh, it, it's it's more so. Uh, you know what? Even uh, I'll even give him this. Hmm. The premise of his story, I'll give him. To, okay. It's something we've never seen in Star Wars before. The fact that you have idealized heroes. Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah. You have to. So you have this. I. You have this. Um, this. Uh, you have this. I. Um, idolized and idealized version of Luke from Ray and from the galaxy mm-hmm. about this great hero, this epic hero. And she finally meets him and he's this very weary, bitter, uh, regretful uh, man. So you have this idol who has to now show to uh, rise to the level of an actual hero. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And you see that you see that with Finn as well. You have Rose Tico who sees Finn as this war hero mm-hmm. and he is, he's not anything like she's um, idolized. She's not the ideal that she's had in her head, but he becomes that at the end. The fact that you have that as a story premise, I will give that to Ryan Johnson. It's like, we've never mm-hmm. seen it in Star Wars before. Yeah. And that's a great premise. The problem comes mm-hmm. into the execution, particularly with Luke Skywalker. Now, mm-hmm. uh, the one video that I have, because I have a couple of videos on the last show, but the one video I have, uh, Luke Skywalker isn't Luke Skywalker. Yes. Um, I won't go into that too much so that, you know, I don't spoil my own video. But <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the things about that is um, when people when when Mark Hamill himself called him Jake Skywalker, not Luke Skywalker, because mm-hmm. he's like, this isn't the Luke Skywalker that I know. People that say that, no, this Luke Skywalker is the same. Mm. No, he's not. No. Uh, not at all. Especially because like, oh, well, after years, Marcus, wouldn't, you know, people become weary. I'm like, yes. First of all, one thing. Filmmaking is not real life. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, just because something happens in real life 
doesn't mean it makes a good story. It just means yeah. it's hap- something that happens in real life. Yeah. Um, but more to the point, mm-hmm. uh, you have this person. If he became weary and bitter and regretful, that's fine. It's the why. When you have him about to kill his nephew, even if it's just an inkling. Yeah. He's yeah. about to kill his nephew because he sees nothing but darkness in him. You have a couple problems. One, mm-hmm. you have a problem with the Force Awakens. Yes. Yeah. Because the for- in the Force Awakens, the whole point is that Kylo is struggling with the light. Mm-hmm. So what did Luke not see? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. according to canon books now, yeah, Force Awakens, uh, Kylo fell six years before the Force Awakens. So hmm. what did Luke not see six yeah. years yeah. before that he's that Kylo is still struggling with six years later? Yeah, yeah. you oh. know it's like that, <laughs> that 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 makes no sense. And the other thing is, uh, uh you know what? No, I'm going. To say, <laughs> I, I was gonna. I was gonna say something. I'll, okay, I'll hint to my video in 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 a, in a sense. Okay. The other point is Darth Vader. Yeah. Right. I'll, I'll I'll end I'll end my little with thing Darth with Luke Vader. here. Okay. Yeah, it's like if yeah, if what was Luke's motivation with Darth Vader? Yeah, if it was his motivation for Darth Vader, mm-hmm. why isn't it here for Kylo? You no, know, no, exactly, and and that, that's what I think. That's why I think it's it became so divisive is because there's so many flaws within the movie that it doesn't uh, coordinate with the original mm-hmm. trilogy with the. Uh, with with even the prequels, right? Where even that's with even that sequel trilogy, the movie sequel, that just came before it. <laughs> that I think that's why it's so divisive, and I'm not trying to say that it was indeed the worst movie to ever be made. That's no, why not, I not by any means. Yeah, yeah, but that's why I'm saying it's divisive. Some people yeah. absolutely love Last Jedi. There's some people on this podcast who absolutely do not like uh Last Jedi, but. That's that's the thing, and I think it does have a ripple effect into the trust. Uh, Liz, do you have any points on this? Um, first, I need someone to tell me what divisive opinion means. Okay, um, it just means that there's a divide in place. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So I think for the people who are on the side of not big of fans mm-hmm. of the Last Jedi, is going into the the final mm-hmm. part of the whole series. Um, is one we're expecting that it's fixed. Yeah. The problems we had with Last Jedi and the story are fixed. Yeah. Um, or explained or they do something to make it better. Right. Um, and maybe make Last Jedi a little more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And then also, <laughs> um, just to end the story well. Like we don't want to end this on a bad note. Right. Um, and then as far as everyone as a whole, I think in general, there's a lot of pressure on this last movie. Yeah. To be absolutely amazing. It's one thing when you have series, even like Harry Potter, like they come one after the other after the other and yeah. all the way to the end. But this has been three generations yeah. of mm. story and this is the final part. And so I think as a whole, there's a lot of pressure on this new one yeah. to make it absolutely epic but also for the true fans and for people who weren't fans of Last Jedi mm-hmm. to make the story as a as good as possible. Which I do have to note that Daisy Ridley did come out. Daisy Ridley, who again plays Rey, uh, she did come out to say that the episode nine will be less upsetting to fans than the finale of Game of Thrones. 
<laughs> Which I don't know what happened in that. Yeah. So. so I was like, uh, that's some good confidence then. Yeah. I mean, I, a low bar, but sure. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right on. So, I mean, I think that you, with the divisive opinions, I mm -hmm. think you see the ripple effect with Solo. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. I still, you know, you know me, Adam. Yeah. It's like, you know, my uh, my love for Star Wars. I have not even seen Solo yet. Oh, neither have we. Don't neither worry about it. We, we <laughs> yeah. were both like, eh, we can skip that. Yeah. Right? It's because it's like, uh, it okay. And and not even just because for the fact of like, you know what? We didn't really, I, you know, when people say we don't really need a film, well, no film is ever needed. It's yeah. true. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, you can tell a story. Yeah. I think it's the thing with, um, I think because it did come on the heels yeah. of The Last Jedi. I Now, I know a lot of people... Uh, put the uh, the low box office, at least low box office for a Star Wars film, yeah. um, a low box office number and all that uh, on the fact that it came six months later. So it was yeah. like, OK, it was way too close of a release. You know, mm -hmm. you got to give people time. I think there's some merit um, yeah. to oh, that definitely. argument. Yeah. I don't think that's the main thing, though, no. because that implies that there's Star Wars fatigue setting in yeah. like oh it's too much star wars the problem is the movie that just came out six months before solo made a billion dollars really yeah, yeah last jedi made about a billion dollars for yeah, as divisive as it surprised. is it made a billion dollars yeah so it's like so it's not that people are tired of it people were tired with what they just got exactly mm -hmm. and i think it made that much money because people want to make their own opinions on the movie because people were trashing it so much yeah right so and you know and, and I think the thing is, because you guys had mentioned that you guys are really pumped for episode nine. Yeah. I, I, I cannot lie. Yeah. I'm more pumped for The Mandalorian than I am for episode nine. Because with The Mandalorian, you have Jon Favreau involved. Uh, yeah. Directors oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You, directors like uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. And even though we've never seen her direct, she's yeah. the daughter of Ron Howard. So I'm like, okay. You yeah. know, she she at least knows she at least got some tips from her old man, you yeah. know, so oh that should be good. The biggest reason that mm -hmm. I'm more excited for the Mandalorian than I am for episode nine mm -hmm. is Dave Filoni. Oh, okay. Because Dave Filoni is not only an executive producer on The Mandalorian, yeah. He's he's directing the first episode and he's directing Ooh. another episode. Mm. Which so. is his first live action, at least Star Wars directorial things that he's done. Um and then of course he's bringing back uh, the last season of the Clone Wars in mm. February. That has me more excited than episode nine mm. because with Dave Filoni, I know where he's learned. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and he's learned from George Lucas. And mm. people may say, oh my gosh, are you, are you really bringing up George Lucas? What about the prequels? Yes, the prequels <sighs> were not well made. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't get, I, I don't, I grant you that. Mm -hmm. I don't dispute that at all. It's However, like blaming Robert Pattinson for the Twilight movies. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, right. Yeah. So, but me, uh, Adam, me and you have talked about this before with the Clone Wars. Yeah. All the Clone Wars was George. His oh, ideas, yeah. they all, the stories, they all went through him. The, the series, was, not the movie. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah well, the, the movie too. Well, the cartoon <laughs> well, movie, yeah. not episode two, Clone Wars. Oh, oh yeah. Right. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it, but the, the series mm -hmm. still went through George. Yeah. It was his stories that mm -hmm. he wanted to tell. All this, uh, the the difference between the prequels and the Clone Wars, yeah, was Dave Filoni. Yep. Because when you have George's ideas and mm -hmm. his vision filtered through mm -hmm. the, the the directorial and writing prowess of Dave Filoni, mm -hmm. 
you got absolute gold. Yeah. You know, uh, and I think so with, with him being part of the Mandalorian and all this is like, yes, this is what I'm more excited for, because w- that seems more cohesive. Mm-hmm. The other thing with what the why I think people are so divisive on with Star Wars right now is because it seems uh, like a uh, it seems like a, a hot potato right now. Mm-hmm. You have J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams, who did The Force Awakens. Yep. Then you have Ryan Johnson, who did The Last Jedi to go back to J.J. Abrams for episode mm-hmm. nine now mm-hmm. this is not anything new for star wars we had george lucas direct the first um ot uh, yep. film we had um irvin Kirshner direct empire yeah and quote unquote richard marquand directing mm-hmm. return of the jedi yeah i still maintain that that was shadow directed by george lucas because it still looks oh, a, totally. a heck of a lot like new hope totally um so you you have that hopscotch there. Mm-hmm. What is what was the difference? You still had one overall vision that was George Lucas. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like these this sequel trilogy has an overall vision from anybody. No, it does yeah. not. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Yeah. Now before we go into the, I'm going to combine two points because I think it's needed. Um, but before we get into those, little side question for you for the Mandalorian. John Favreau is directing it. Now, what we know about John Favreau is that he loves to get in front of the camera that he's directing. You see it in <laughs> Elf, you see it in Iron Man. Here, here's my yay or nay. Uh, at the season one finale of The Mandalorian, the Mandalorian takes off his helmet and it's John Favreau. Yay or nay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say nay. They have. Dang. They have come out and say that said that it is uh, Pedro Pascal who is the Mandalorian. <laughs> Now, could that be a misdirect? Or maybe. Yeah. Could it be John Favreau playing? Could Pablo? do they have an IMDb yet? No, no, I'm just kidding. I want to see just... if he's in the cast list. John Favreau? Yeah. Because yeah. wouldn't Here... he be listed in the cast and not as Yeah. I would say John Favreau's gonna come in as almost like a shopkeeper. Like he's gonna have a very yeah. He's gonna be mind... something, yeah. Yeah, he's gonna be in front of the camera at some point or another. That's that's who we know or, John Favreau. Hmm. Or how about this? Yeah. Uh I'll uh let, let's meld your uh, your theory with uh, with mine. Okay. Okay. Pedro yeah. Pascal was cast as the Mandalorian. We haven't heard him talk yet. Ooh. Ooh. And John Favreau did do the voice of Pre Vizsla on the Clone Wars. So mm, there it could is. he be the voice? Kind of like um, Darth Vader, but he. Oh, what was the actor's name inside of the costume? Dave Prowse. Yes, Dave Prowse, and then you know James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. <laughs> So yeah. John Favreau I mean, here's is the, the thing, voice. Here's the, here's the difference, though. <laughs> Dave Dave Prowse wasn't really like a a known quantity as an no. actor. So you can put another voice over Vader, and you know you'd be fine. Yeah. Pedro Pascal, however, is a different story. Particularly yeah. anybody that loves Game of Thrones and loves the Red Viper and Oberyn Martell. Yeah. So it's like, uh, do you really cast Pedro Pascal and spend that money to not use his voice? Yeah. yeah. So I think John um, Favreau would. <laughs> I just look at the cast. John Favreau's not listed as a cast member. That's what we all think. He's going to get in front of the camera somewhere <laughs> yeah. or another. If it's a, it might be a small part that's not credited. Yeah. He's he's going to be on. He's going to be hitting on somebody's aunt in that movie. Jeez. In that show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right. So let's Play, move. Played by Marissa Tomei in The Mandalorian too. Exactly. So. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that would be so weird. Oh my goodness. So. I'm going to combine these two talking points because I think it's necessary. So with these Disney Plus projects, right, and this new Jedi Fallen Order game, and and now Star Wars is coming back in like a really good fashion, I think, to get back the audience. Because if you watch 
D uh, D23. Oh, my my heart just like leaped with all of these new projects coming in, like a new Clone Wars season and uh, the Obi-Wan Mandalorian Kenobi show. Obi-Wan Kenobi and the mm-hmm. Jedi Fallen Order game looks amazing. So here's my question to both of you and also me. Um, <laughs> could these be like, could this lead to the franchise getting a new identity? Right. Because now we only know it as the movies, the franchise. Right. Could this be a new identity? And. As a youth pastor, I see less and less interest amongst teens, especially middle schoolers. I see less interest with the younger generation for Star Wars. Uh, in my opinion, in my experience, uh, the only real good friend, fans are in college at this point. And like mm-hmm. the middle schoolers don't really care about Star Wars. So with this new identity, could this lead to getting newer generations into the Star Wars franchise? So, Marcus, I'll start with you. Um. To your question on is Star Wars getting a new identity? Without yeah. a doubt, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's an identity that um, George tried to implement um, like 10, 15 years ago um, with things like because uh, uh, there was a series, mm-hmm. a live action series that he was planning on doing uh, that the game uh, Star Wars 1313 oh, was based off of. Yeah, that, that was uh, that game looks canceled. so good, by the way. I hate that it was canceled. Yeah. Um, but the, the series, the live action series was based on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and George notoriously always said that there were 50 scripts that were already written. So yeah. basically 50 episodes ready to go, mm-hmm. uh, ready to start shooting. Um, so George already saw this coming before. Hence why, once again, say what you will about his storytelling, sure. you know, and, and valid points to be made there mm-hmm. as a visionary. Um, as a as a man who this was his baby and he 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 can mold it and shape it and everything. Yeah. The man was a visionary, yeah. um, and he was already going towards TV to begin with. Mm-hmm. So now that we're getting it now, and I, th- I think it's more prime now than it was then because then there were less options uh, yeah. for series. Now, once again, Disney Plus Disney itself has its own streaming service. Yeah. So. It's more prime now for it. And yes, so I definitely think it will get a, uh, a new identity. The question to go into uh, yours about the uh, uh, how the youth are not latching on to Star Wars as much. Will this mean that it gets a new resurgence in popularity? Mm-hmm. I don't know, and I'm erring on the side of no. Okay. And the reason I say that hmm. is because... It's, you uh, you mentioned in in the notes that you sent me yeah. that you see more you see more uh, uh, affinity towards Marvel right. nowadays. Yeah, uh, Marvel. I think the reason for that is because, at least maybe not in whole, but at least in part, Marvel has built this brand. Yes, its brand. Uh, its brand is the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've built this cinematic universe that has it's basically this tapestry that you have to follow. And it's basically let's let's face it. It's a TV series on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. So when you have that, uh, especially in a binge watch culture. Yeah. yeah, uh, That is going to be uh, a prime for for them now. Now, why does this now they're doing that with the Mandalorian and with the Clone Wars coming back and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So and uh, the Kenobi series. So why not the resurgence in popularity? I think because Star Wars has become a commodity. 
Okay. Why do you say that? When George had his hand on it. Yeah. It was his baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars came out when he wanted it to come out. Yeah. You don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Now you have a Star Wars film coming out every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you have a series that's going to be coming out with content every year. Yeah. And that was never Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the resurgence in popularity doesn't necessarily, uh, or the lack of it, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't mean that the quality isn't there. Mm-hmm. It means that the exposure is is yeah. there, that the exposure is too high, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Um, because look at Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, when you have uh, Lord of the Rings or or even Harry Potter for mm-hmm. you guys, because um, I've never I've like I've read like maybe a chapter of the book oh. and I haven't seen the films. Oh, you're dead um, to me. My goodness. Yeah. I, you I need know. when I, we hang up. You need to go watch <laughs> all the movies. I'm, I'm definitely going to to actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, if any of my if any of my uh, viewers are also listening yeah. that's something that i uh am planning on doing in the in the future is maybe nice. either doing a review or reactions to the movies themselves okay we'll uh, watch that's that kind together. of like a you know thing to put up on the channel because <laughs> yeah. i do want to watch it i just haven't gotten around to it oh, yeah. um now with harry potter yes you have fantastic beasts coming out now and everything mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. but you also don't have a movie coming out every year yeah. yeah. You also don't have a series that's going to come on the heels of those movies that are coming out every year. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's yeah. what I mean when I say that Star Wars has become a commodity. Before it became an, it, it was an event. Yeah. yeah. Now mm-hmm. you always have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And could you, could you make the argument? Well, Marvel's the same way. You have not even just a Marvel movie a year. You have three Marvel movies every mm-hmm. year. Difference between Marvel and Star Wars is that you can have a Thor film a Captain America film, Iron Man, Black Panther, and then they come together for the Avengers. What are you doing with the Star Wars films? Yeah. Exactly. You know, for as big as the universe is, Hmm. the name characters that you have that can branch away from each other Hmm. are not established yet. Yeah. They all seem to be, they're all different stories linking back to this other big intertwined story. Exactly. Yeah. Even, Ro- even take Rogue One, Rogue mm-hmm. One, which was a good film. Oh, you yeah. take, you know, you take Rogue One, those characters have nothing to do with the characters uh, that we know mm-hmm. and love because yeah. they, they are separated either by years when it comes to the PT or by uh, simple you know, distance when it comes to the yeah. uh, OT. Yeah. But with Rogue One, its main story mm-hmm. ties into the OT. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we still haven't gotten away from the mm-hmm. saga. Mm. Solo is Han Solo. No, nothing that we do, we are still contained within the saga itself. Mm-hmm. So when you think about branching off, I look forward to the day that maybe we can get two or three Star Wars films yeah. a year, but that's because they're all different. Yeah. yeah. You know, so when you have this, when you, when Star Wars has now become a commodity, thanks to Disney, mm-hmm. you know, and, but the problem is, and don't get it twisted. Marvel is a commodity too, oh, but yeah. it's a commodity yeah. that switches up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you have a commodity that doesn't switch up and is so, uh, uh, so, uh, intertwined with itself yeah yeah it's not gonna it's gonna stagnate real quick 
No, I, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, so something like The Mandalorian coming out, where hopefully nothing ties... Well, yeah, well, I was going to say where nothing ties in, but even the fact that he's a Mandalorian still kind of ties in to either uh, Clone Wars, Rebels, or just the mere idea of Boba Fett himself or Jango. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I look forward to the day where we can kind of get away, which is why I think which is why people uh, latch onto Ahsoka so much. Mm-hmm. Because Ahsoka, even though she is intertwined with those characters, she she has taken on a life of her own. Mm-hmm. You know, if we had a if we had a movie uh, of just Ahsoka Tano where she yeah. doesn't do anything with the Clone Wars, she doesn't do anything with the Empire, she do, it's just like Ahsoka on her own doing mm-hmm. her thing. I think that would be dope. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but everything is so intertwined right now. Uh, I think you got to start separating and establishing new characters mm-hmm. um, before you can do that. And the best way to do that, don't put them in a movie. Yeah. Don't put him in a previous movie. Just come out with a movie that says, hey, here's a character. Mm-hmm. He's in the Star Wars franchise. Mm-hmm. Ma- maybe don't make it a $200 million production, yeah. you know, yeah. so that you can lose money on it. Go back to maybe making it a $80 million, maybe $100 million, oh, yeah. so that, yeah. you know, you can kind of you can kind of hedge your bets. So it's like, okay, if people yeah. latch on to it, we make money. If people yeah. don't latch on to it, we didn't spend a whole heck of a lot, mm-hmm. you know? Um, if you start branching out and start establishing new characters, making new things, um, while still making it a commo- uh, uh, still making it a commodity, because let's 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 be honest, it's Disney, it's yeah. a business, mm-hmm. they still need to make money. Yeah, yeah. you so, know, I, I completely get that. Uh, so if you can start doing that, I think then you'll start you'll start seeing some stuff. Maybe I don't think I, I don't know if we'll ever get back to the hype. Mm-hmm. That it was during the original trilogy. I'm not sure, and all three of us were uh, young and alive during the time that the prequel trilogy mm-hmm. was coming out. Mm-hmm. So I remember that hype for Episode One. No, oh, yeah, yeah. You know mm-hmm. when, because it was a new, and once again, it wasn't a commodity. It was a new Star Wars film. In it was 99. Uh, Jedi came out what 83. So mm-hmm. it was it was the 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 uh, the first Star Wars film. In 16 years, yeah, the hype was crazy mm-hmm. on that thing. We will n- n- Force Awakens. You got kind of close. Yeah, that was 10 years since Revenge of the Sith, so you got kind of close. But in between, we had the Clone Wars and everything, so we still had some stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll ever get that again. No, no because I- if you're going to have a series every year, a movie every year, yeah, it's it's going to be commonplace. So I don't mm-hmm. think. I can't say we won't, but I don't think we'll ever get to that level ever again with Star Wars. No, yeah. no, good points there. Like, yeah. I no, I I agree with you, and that and that's the thing. That's the sad part is that I think the generation now that's enjoying Star Wars will be the generation that enjoys Star Wars, where the younger generation I think is going to be a harder yeah. time to get in. Uh, with our last mm. like ten minutes or so. Let's uh bust out the closing thoughts on this. Uh, with the last talking point we have. Uh, with, with the new identity, with uh, new generations coming in, with our divisive feelings about Last Jedi, with this new revival that's coming in, and whether or not you agree with it, listener, uh, whoever you are, listeners, but will this be, right, this this heavily needed revival, right, this heavily needed revival, will this be enough to revive the franchise for years to come 
and just give it a new identity for for more fans to be involved with the franchise? Or do we see this as more of a flash in the pan for the end of the franchise? So, Marcus, once again, we'll start with you. Um, and I'll try not to uh, go on a diatribe like I just did with the uh, <laughs> come out of the no problem, Star man. Wars. But um, do I think it's a flash in the pan? No. Um, mm-hmm. I think Star Wars will always be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You I know, agree. Star Wars will always... Yeah have its fandom Star Wars were all Star Wars will always be popular mm-hmm. um but like I said do I think it will reach that level again no yeah. um with because mm-hmm. with its new identity or you know what hmm. uh, at least not at least not with the films okay I'll say that yeah yeah because yeah. as we were saying with the new identity of the series and everything like that you open yourself up to a wealth of material that maybe has been untapped before yeah um i still don't think it will ever reach that level again but it may it may become a new beast entirely Mm. and with that new and with that new beast may come something a popularity that's completely different it may not be anticipatory yeah you know like oh my gosh i can't wait for this next thing but it'll be a thing of like yo uh quality wise everything yo uh, lucasfilm is holding it down right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it could be that. And to be honest, I hope it is that. I hope it is uh, something that continues on. Uh, and, and if it continues to build and look, if it reaches that anticipa- uh, anticipation level again. Yeah. Yeah. Color me, color me wrong and color me like gladly wrong. Yeah. I would love for that to happen. Um, do I see it happening anytime soon? No. Mm-hmm. But the series coming out, uh, with uh, Kenobi and the fact that Ewan McGregor is coming back for yes. it, uh, you know, all that stuff. It's like, yo, there's a wealth of opportunity there mm-hmm. um, that I think, like you said, will be a revival. It may not be what we've seen in the past, mm-hmm. but it will be something and it will be something new. Yeah. Uh, but I think equally just as good. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, what I will think about this is this uh, going to be a long-standing revival or a flash in the pan? I agree with you. This is not a flash in the pan. Uh, I, I think Disney is really... I like what he said. It's hedging its bets. But at the same time, I think they're betting a lot with their franchise here. Because um, especially with this whole deal with Disney Plus to say that, oh, to get a three-year subscription, you have to pay $140. It's already giving you a deal to buy in for three years right. on Disney+. Plus. They're in it for the long game. Mm-hmm. And as much as I don't like Disney, I will respect them as a business. Yeah, As a business, it knows how to keep its franchises for the long haul. And if anybody was to buy the Star Wars franchise, if Sony bought the Star Wars franchise... I would be worried. I would be selling all of my merchandise before it loses value. Um, <laughs> but the fact that Disney purchased Star Wars, I they they value their franchise, they value their money, and they know how to handle properties. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, as much as I don't like the properties, they know how to handle it. So I see this as a heavily needed revival. Whether or not it will bring in the new generation, I guess we'll see. But like what you said, I don't think it's going to bring in newer generations like the middle schoolers at this point. Um, but I think this is going to be a long-standing revival, no longer just a flash in the pan like Mandalorian, and then that's it. Um, right. 
But Liz, your closing thoughts. Um, I mean, it's it's tough. I still think in the end, Star Wars might always be seen as like, you know, your father's film, whether it's yeah. you as a father mm. or like my father. Yeah. But I feel like it's going to be our generation's duty at this point yeah. to introduce Star Wars to our kids as the movies. Yes. Outside of the movies, I think them opening themselves up to doing more video games and yeah. TV series. Because yes. you can see in the video games, you can get a lot of the kids in this generation coming mm-hmm. up. If you have video games for it, then you might have a chance for Star Wars to always live. Yeah. TV series. But as far as like TV and the movies, mm-hmm. I think that's always going to be seen as classic. Yeah. It's going to be, it's in 20 years, it's going to be looked at like, oh, remember the Star Wars movies? Yes. Like, do you remember right. that? It's going to be something like that where you look back and like, oh, and it's going to be like that thing that like that kid in school who's like, oh, yeah, I, I'm into the classics. I love like Star Wars. Like, he loves Star Wars. Yeah. Like, and it's going to be seen as one of those classics that people look back on and that it's a rare thing that like when a kid in 20 years loves Star Wars. Yeah. It's like part of that movie buff type thing. No, I so. totally Can I? Can I piggyback on something that Liz said real quick? Yeah. Um, You mentioned the video games and maybe them, uh, LucasArts, finally getting back into the the swing of things. I I wholeheartedly agree because uh, to springboard off that and kind of return to the uh, uh, Star Wars as a commodity, I think Mm -hmm. you see that with Battlefront. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because we've already had two previous Battlefront games in in years past, which were great games. Yeah. Yeah. But these new Battlefront games coming from EA, it's garbage. like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like it's garbage. Like, yo, what, what is yeah. this? Microtransactions all over the place. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah. yo, what, what is this here? And I think that <laughs> is indicative of it being like a conveyor belt, where it's like, oh, we just yeah. got to get this thing out. Whereas before, George Lucas put his films out when he wanted to. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they made the games because they wanted to make the story. They wanted to tell the story of KOTOR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they wanted to tell the story of Battlefront 1 and 2. Exactly. They, they wanted to tell the story of The Force Unleashed. Yes. You know what I mean? And because they wanted to do it, not because they had to do it, but because they wanted to do it, we got, like, phenomenal games. And, yeah, mm-hmm. you still yeah. get some of your, you know, Force Unleashed 2 and <laughs> things of that mm-hmm. nature. Oh, yeah. But even then, but even then, they were still fun. Yes. And they were yeah. still good, uh, at least good to play. So I, uh, so I completely agree with you, Liz. It's like if we... If, if they can get back to investing, yeah. and I think yeah. that's the biggest thing, invest yeah. in the games, yes, invest exactly. in the TV, invest in the films, instead of just saying we have to do it because we have to yeah. uh, make our investors happy and we have to put this on the conveyor belt and everything. And, you know, and I'm sure there are people there that truly are invested in it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. because of their mindset, or at least what their mindset seems anyway, from the outside looking in, that it's a conveyor belt type of thing, invest in yeah. the product. Yes. And if you do, I think, yeah, you're right, Liz. Then you'll start seeing like some of the kids, like it will start uh, 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 to stick in their mind. Like you said, mm-hmm. it will always be classics. It will always be your father, Star Wars, and to, mm-hmm. a, to a degree, particularly with the original trilogy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's something that if you make the gateway there, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the gateway for other things to uh to happen and like you said it's on us now that we are older mm-hmm. uh, you know if we have kids and everything <clears throat> if you uh, indulge me for a second to uh <clears throat> pass on all that you've learned you know <laughs> so it's like we have to yoda that's what yoda told us to do yeah so <laughs> exactly. that's, you know so i i wholeheartedly agree with that yeah no 
no, this has been a good conversation. Uh, I think we'll close it out here. Um, but yeah, the state of Star Wars, I think there's going to be a revival coming. I think there's going to be a, uh, a necessary revival coming. Whether or not The Last Jedi ruined things for people, I think that's going to be in the past. But the state of Star Wars as it currently stands, I think we're going to see many surprises in the next three years. I, I think we're going to be like back in the trustworthy bandwagon of Star Wars. So yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, Marcus, thanks again for coming on. And again, I want to thank you for being the voice of our top three gaming news. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> if you haven't listened to our E3 episodes yet of this year, uh, 2019, I highly recommend you do it because Marcus, his uh, vocal transitions into them. They're hilarious. They're, they're hilarious. He, he has <laughs> puns for them. Like, they, like I, I asked him, like, hey, man, can you do some transitions for us? He's like, yeah, sure. And I was like, here's the companies that are coming on. Can you just have fun with it? And he had fun with it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so uh, definitely go back in our previous episodes. And let's, we have two of them. So definitely check those out. Uh, and most importantly, Marcus, where can we find you on social media, on YouTube? I'll pull out the red carpet for you. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. Uh, no problem. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure uh, talking with you guys today, and it's been uh, it's been great uh, being uh, your voice <laughs> for <laughs> top three gaming news and the transitions and everything. I've really enjoyed it, uh, so I, I do thank you guys for that. As for where to uh, find me, mm -hmm. uh, I am on YouTube, of course. My uh, channel is just my name, Marcus Graves, M-A-R-K-U-S-G-R-A-V as in Victor, E-S as in Sam. Um, uh, on the twits, as some people call it, the Twitter, <laughs> I am, oh crap, what am I? <laughs> yeah. I am Marcus Graves on Twitter. That's right. Yeah. I yeah. am. I am Marcus Graves on Twitter, mm -hmm. on Instagram. I am the Marcus Graves. Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. My YouTube, my Insta and, uh, my Twitter, if you would like to follow me and keep up with what I'm doing, see the mm -hmm. content that I'm putting up, uh, that's where you can find me. Oh, and before mm. I forget, uh, Patreon. Yes. Uh, mm. if you, uh, if you enjoy my content and would like to support, I have a Patreon page. I only have one tier that's $1 a month. Uh, the benefits for it are, uh, of course, you will get na uh, name recognition and thanks in all of my videos, mm -hmm. uh, early access to my videos, people that are patrons of mine. If you make a suggestion for a video topic or a show or film to react to or review votes and polls, all that good stuff. Nice. Uh, those who are patrons, uh, their suggestions and their votes will have more weight when I'm deciding and considering things. Uh, and also, whenever this material is available, things such as bloopers, uh, uh, behind the scenes of my projects and all that, when that material is available, it, that's exclusively for my patrons there. Nobody else can see that material. So it's exclusive, uh, exclusively for my patrons. So go to patreon.com slash Marcus Graves. And if you, like I said, if you enjoy my content and would like to support and would also like to, uh, access to those benefits, it's right on there for you. Awesome. All right. And I will link all of these things down in the description below, whether you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to us on audio versions, they will be in the description down below. His Twitter, his Instagram, his Patreon account, if you would like to contribute. Um, but with that being said, we thank you again for listening to this week's episode. We hope to have you back for next week. And we hope that you 
you know, binge listen to some other uh, podcasts that we have. And definitely check out Marcus's channel, especially if you want some Star Wars love and Naruto love. And as well as some love for uh, the Us movie. I like the Us movie. And, and, I, and I think Marcus did a good job in breaking it down. So, Well, thank you. <laughs> hey, no problem. So with that being said, let's just get out of here because we actually got some family coming in. <laughs> so <laughs> I got to clean the house. Oof. So thanks again for listening to this week's episode. We will see you next week.